people change as they age, certain things start to come out. And when you're 26 versus 34, which we were when we split, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that transpire in your life during that time. Like that's a huge life-altering time in your life. Welcome to the Big Kid Problems podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human behind the popular Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast, Big Kid Problems. So I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about navigating the adult world. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have big kid problems. We're all just trying to figure it out. And you know what? That's okay. So each week, we're going to take a funny yet informative look at a specific struggle or big kid problem, if you will. Then we'll break it down with a rotating cast of comedians, personalities, and experts to actually give us the tools and resources to help us solve our big kid problem of the week. From love and relationships, money, career, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, hey, welcome back to another week and another episode of the Big Kid Problems podcast. If you're new to the show, I'm your host, Sarah Merrill. I'm the writer and comedian behind the popular Big Kid Problems Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast, all about the struggles of growing up. Damn. All right. Today, we are covering a big struggle. We're talking about calling off your wedding. All right. My wedding is very much still on. I hope the title of this episode didn't give you a heart attack. For my new people, I am actually getting married in about six weeks. It's been a long time coming. I was a COVID bride last summer, and this poor audience has probably heard me mention it, I don't know, like 800 times. But while we come up to the home stretch of my wedding, I do have some wedding content coming up. And so before we get into that, I wanted to take a turn and talk about what happens when you don't go through with the wedding. Our guest this week is comedian Natasha Pearl Hansen, and she has the most insane story to tell. She called off her wedding and used the venue to shoot a comedy special on the day called I Was Supposed to Get Married Today, which just came out on Amazon Prime last week. I obviously had to get her on the show to talk about this big kid problem and how she really turned lemons into lemonade here. We're going to talk about red flags, trusting your gut, societal pressures, and just all the things that go into choosing to walk down the aisle or not walk down the aisle. It's a fun one, guys. If you have any friends that are brides or really anyone you think might enjoy this topic, pass this show along. Maybe post a screenshot on your Instagram story. I really love when you guys do that. And without further ado, I say we just jump right into this one. Get comfy and we will be right back. I know we're talking about weddings today. And in preparation for my wedding, I have done a full hair care 
overhaul. I want to get my hair as healthy as possible for my wedding. And honestly, I've considered doing an entire episode on all the things I've tried. Let me know if you'd like to hear that. But one of the big things that has made a huge difference in my hair is switching to a personalized shampoo and conditioner. Guys, if you don't know about pros, you need to. They give you this super in-depth hair quiz to create the perfect formula made just for you. I took this hair quiz and I was stunned. I mean, they factor in things like how often you get your hair color treated, the thickness and density of your hair, the dryness of your scalp. I mean, they even factor in things like where you live to factor in climate things like humidity and pollution exposure. With their algorithm of over 50 billion formula combinations, Pros determined a unique blend of ingredients to treat my exact concerns. Like I'm used to buying blonde shampoo or shampoo for thick hair, and this is just next level. I got my personalized shampoo, conditioner, and was also recommended a scalp treatment since I often see flakes. And guys, my hair is so much softer and stronger. It's actually insane. I'm only mad at that I recently just discovered this. I wish I had been using pros all year long, but it's still amazing the difference I have seen in my hair in such a short period of time. So if you want to get down with the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it, take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Just go to pros.com slash big kid. That's P-R-O-S e.com slash big kid for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off today. All right, guys, welcome back to the Big Kid Problem podcast. I'm joined now by comedian and host of the Future Role Models podcast, Natasha Pearl Hansen. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have you. And I am very excited for this topic. I mean, you just had a very unique wedding experience where you turned your wedding into a comedy special. So you needed... you. We got to talk about this. Let's hear about it. Yeah. So my special just dropped on Amazon Prime and Apple TV. Um, It's called I Was Supposed to Get Married Today. And it's kind of crazy because me and my... Me and my ex-fiance, when I shot the special in 2019, we were still together and we were trying to make it work because we had been together for like eight years at that point, almost nine years. Um, But we split in early 2020, but we're still cool. So needless to say, we did not get married and I was stuck in the contract for that wedding day. So I like scrambled and pulled together a comedy special and within three weeks sold it out and got a team together and we recorded, I was supposed to get married today. (laughs) Oh my God. So you turned, you, you used your wedding venue because you couldn't get out of your contract into a comedy special. And was this, was the whole special just about, you know, like your, what happened and like why you weren't getting married? A lot. I mean, like at the time I shot it in 2019, I had been doing stand-up for a decade. And so I had a huge plethora of material. At that point, I think I was up to like two hours worth of material. I mean, if you want to be frank about it, as far as usable material, that's always up to question. But uh, (laughs) so when I was crafting, when I knew that I wasn't going to get married, I started kind of crafting what I had into what could be 
a really like sustainable almost hour of things that have revolved around that day. Like why I didn't get married, family stuff, relationship stuff, you know, procreating, just like that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then I actually wrote probably like 15 minutes worth of this stuff um, just for that day and had never done it before. I recorded it, <laughs> which oh, is crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, you this can't exactly, so... yeah, you can't exactly like practice, you know, for that day. Like I tried to do it at a show and it didn't work because I was like basically telling the people at the show, like, pretend you're at my wedding and like, <laughs> this is the situation. So like, I just had to wing it on a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Oh my God, that is so insane. And you had all your wedding guests attend, right? Like all your wedding guests that were supposed to be there were at this comedy special. Were they like, what the fuck is happening? Everyone was like pretty, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty open book on social media. I think people could start to tell over the last like year and a half, two years of my relationship that things were, we were distancing because, you know, we were just, it was like two different paths kind of. And so people weren't like, oh my God, what happened? They were like, okay, we'll roll with it. It was my family, my like maid of honor, my closest friends, and then a bunch of people from my hometown, including like teachers, like fans of mine and supporters of mine. And they're plus ones. (laughs) So I still hosted the whole evening. Like it would have been my wedding, like had a party beforehand, had a party after. It was like definitely a thing. Wow. What did you do with your wedding dress? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I actually bought a wedding dress at Ross for the filming of the special, just like the opening scene for 20 bucks because I never had an actual wedding dress. (laughs) I was going to... Oh, you're lucky. I was going to get married in a white jumpsuit. So that's what I wore in the special. Okay. Okay. We need it. We got to go back. Let's go back here because <laughs> I, I have so many questions. Um, the idea of, I mean, just planning a wedding is such an ordeal. It is yeah. so much work. I'm in it. I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing it now. At what point when you're going through this process of planning your wedding, did you realize like, wait, I don't know if I want to get married. Yeah. So, I mean, and this is hard to say because again, like I really have a lot of respect for my ex-fiance. We were together for a really long time. Like we met originally when we were 21, almost 22. And, um, but I knew we got engaged in 2017 and it was like, (sighs) anybody who maybe has been here would understand. But like when I got engaged, I was really, really jittery that day. Like something wasn't sitting right. I loved this person. Like he was a very important figure in my life. But like there were certain things that I wanted out of life that I knew we didn't align on. And it just made me like almost ill because when you... Like I wasn't going to say no to him. And also my friends were all around. Like I wouldn't have said no to him regardless. I also just didn't feel right about it from like kind of the start. And it's really tough to admit that, honestly, because I feel like a lot of people probably say yes to something that they're not ready for because of obligation or because it seems to make sense or whatever it is. So in late 2017, it started really dawning on me, like, you know, months after we got engaged, like, 
fuck, I don't know if this is going to work. And then we had, we had scheduled our wedding originally for uh, early 2018 and we pushed it like six months and then we pushed it a year. So we, we moved the date two times before my canceled wedding date. <laughs> what, was the, what was your reasoning for pushing the wedding? Were you just like, we just need to... We were like, we'll get it together. Like, we're, we're going to be fine. But we can't... We were like, we don't want to get married under false pretenses like, and have it feel... Because I had seen that. Like my biggest fear, <laughs> there, was, there was this couple that we would hang out with all the time that got married and they, but they would fight all the fucking time. And I understand that people fight, but like they would fight so bad. And then we saw them on their wedding day being like, oh, and you know, just kind of made me like cringe. I was like, I don't want to walk down the aisle and feel like I'm lying. You know, mm. if things aren't good, like, Things aren't always going to be perfect, but I just was like, man, I don't want to be that person that's like, not, yeah, you know, I want to get married and be like, yeah, hell yeah, that's my person, you know? Yeah. For sure. <laughs> so, what, what, what made you like keep setting dates? Cause that would be like my thing is I would be like, I would just like not set a date, you know? Yeah. I think I, it's kind of, I guess, maybe like entertainer brain. Like if you, place a goal that you're just like, I'll just get it done by then. <laughs> you know. So I just kept saying to myself like, oh, if we do it in September instead of June, like then I'll be ready. It's cool. I'll get it together. And like, that's not how it works with emotions and love. <laughs> as Damn. much as you wish it could. But yeah, I mean, I just kept thinking like, and also we'd been together for so long. So I just kept thinking, okay, it's gonna, it's gonna come around. Like we're gonna work it out, you know? Sometimes yeah. it just doesn't work. Dude. I'm like, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of like examples in my life where I've said yes to something that I wasn't super comfortable with. And like what's coming to mind is like when my hairdresser was like, let's cut three inches. And I'm like, no, I really just want to do one. Yeah. And I say yes. And like the anxiety. So I can't even imagine. Something yeah. Like this. I mean, how often as humans, you know, are we yes people? You know, and I I got, I've gotten better at that as I've gotten older, but Mm. we often feel obligated to do things because of the fact that we told people we were going to do them. So we don't want to go back on our word. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to look bad. We don't want to feel bad. We don't want to feel like we hurt somebody's feelings. All these things kind of build up when you say yes, whether it's relationship or work or whatever it is. But it's it's not an easy position to be in for yourself, you know? And to come to terms with that later is like really, really hard. <laughs> it's easier to just yeah. say no when you know it's not like the right thing. <laughs> Dude, but still, I have to commend you because it's such a hard thing. It's such a hard thing to... I can't. I mean, I can't really even imagine going through that and, you know, knowing in your gut that something's not right. And at least, you know, you were able to to reverse things before it was too late. Because I feel like how many... I, I've definitely heard stories of, of people just not or having those doubts and going through with the wedding anyways. And then they yeah. end up getting divorced a couple of years later. And then it's a huge mess. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't want to deal with that. Like, you never know how life is going to play out. But, you know, I just... I definitely didn't want to be one of those people that was a statistic because of a choice that I knew wasn't the right one to make. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I understand people get divorced. I have a lot of friends that do and have and have multiple times. And, <laughs> you know, it happens, but I didn't want to 
if you can if you can foreshadow that, like maybe make the choice to not have that be a thing if you can, you know? Yeah. Can I ask, can I ask some of the things that were some of the issues that in your brain, you're like, I don't know if I can work around this? Um, yeah. I mean, these are super personal things that I've talked with about with my current boyfriend because, um, you know, you, it's like, I never was a person that made a checklist of things I wanted out of somebody. But a long-term relationship like that, we were together for nine years, starts having you realize what you don't want and some things that might be missing. So the biggest things that were missing were our stance on politics and social issues. It's a huge one. Mm. It's a huge thing. I, I I get now why 2020 was the breaking point for you guys. Yeah. I mean, it was before all that big stuff happened, but I'm from a mixed family. And so, you know, my mom's half black. And so I have very specific ideals. And, you know, his family didn't exactly fit that. Um, so that was a huge thing. His family wasn't nice to me. They stopped inviting me to holidays after we got Ooh. engaged. Yeah. And and my ex never stood up for me. So that was a huge... That was huge thing number two because I'm very family-oriented. Like if somebody doesn't like my family or make me a part of theirs, huge, huge problem. The third was... It was like fear of, fear of career failure on his behalf. By that, I mean, I would always like push him to trust in what like he wanted and to go for it and like go for his dreams. And he was taught by his family that like financial security was, you know, trumped dreams, which you need money, obviously. But like if finances come before anything else all the time, there's like resentment that would build on his side because I was chasing my dreams. Like you can't make somebody chase your dreams. So like I'm chasing mine. Hey, come on, chase yours. He wouldn't. Hated me for chasing mine, you know? So it, like those are the three probably biggest things that really did us in. And communication. While you're saying all this too, this just like reminds me why I often tell friends to like, date a while before getting engaged. You know, like these are not issues that I feel like you maybe would have noticed a year in. Some of them, yes. But some of the other ones, like, you know, it took a little bit of time to see. Well, and people change. Like when we started dating, you know, when we met, we were 21. When we actually started dating, we were 26. And we were great. For like the first four or five years, there was absolutely no issues. There was a lot of really positive things. In fact, people put us on a pedestal a lot of times. We were like the couple to achieve. That's what everybody would say. We just want to have a relationship like you guys have. We were... and it, But there's sometimes there's pressure that comes with that. Like if you're like that couple, if you're the Brad and Jen, like you can't live up to yourself sometimes, you know? <laughs> like... There's a lot of there's a lot of funny choice of funny choice of couple to reference. <laughs> also broke up, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, and you know, it was like Hollywood's golden couple. Not that we were that or anything, but like, you know, it, for a while it kind of felt like that. Like we were up and coming, and um, yeah. But people change as they age; certain things start to come out. 
And when you're 26 versus 34, which we were when we split, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that transpire in your life during that time. Like that's a huge life-altering time in your life. So you learn. <laughs> you learn what you can and cannot deal with, you know? hundred percent. I just think like, wow, I, I was such a di- different person at mm-hmm. 24 than I am now. It's like a yeah. completely night and day scenario. Yeah, exactly. And you don't even see it. Like, it's not like a big thing. It's like little things over time. Like if you would do a side by side, you'd be like, whoa, that's the same person. But over time, you just feel like you're just a cooler, better version of yourself. But sometimes those cooler, better versions of yourselves don't like the new cooler, better versions of the other. <laughs> like they don't stay matching. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's something like I even think about as somebody who's getting married, you know, I, I've accept, I've accepted the fact that people do change. And I'm like, you know, I, I hope that my fiance and I, and I think we, we are aligned on like where we want our lives to go and what we want, how we want it to look and like all of that. But, you know... I've seen that in my own parents' relationships. Like people grow, people change. And it's like one of those things you can't, you can't always control. And um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's something that I don't think anybody going, I don't think anybody getting married can 100% say that that wouldn't happen to them. It's just, it's a part of life. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. And I think that's like a big fear for a lot of people is like, am I going to still feel this way in 10 years? The, the truth is we don't know. I mean, sometimes people get married and they're like really into it and they're really in love. And then eight years later, it changes. Like we don't know what circumstances are going to happen in life. So it's like, you know, sometimes you just need to go for it and see if it works. Also, I do believe sometimes it's a choice to make it work. You know, I've, I've seen that happen with no, I just was saying that sometimes I know people that have gotten a divorce and like regretted that. And I know a flip side, people have gotten married and regretted that. Like you just never, you never know from day to day what you're going to, if you make a commitment to somebody, you know, it should be a choice to really work on that. And even in the couple years toward the end of me and my ex-fiance's relationship, when it was going downhill, I was, I was really trying to make it work and, you know, wasn't just, it wasn't getting any give on the other side. And so sometimes you try, sometimes it doesn't work. You know, we just don't know. <laughs> so yeah, it's all, a, it's all a risk. It's all a bunch of question marks, but you have to just take it day by day. Yeah. Okay. So you guys, you get engaged, you're having these second thoughts and it sounds like, it sounds like you guys were communicating about them because you had pushed your date a couple times. Yeah. I remember going to margaritas with him in late 2017. I had I had met another person, not like a relationship type of thing, but I had met another person that became a fast friend. And it was a guy who fit a lot of the qualifications that were missing in the relationship that I had as far as like, just we just hit it off. And so it became this emotional connection that made my fiance uncomfortable. Eventually, I ended up that guy and I don't speak anymore. But um, I was open with my fiance about it. And I was like, hey, I'm, I've been having questions about, you know, how I feel about, you know, our relationship. And this is a situation where I'm like really confused. And 
I thought opening up about that feeling would bring about like some bring to his attention that maybe there were some certain things that I wasn't getting that I needed um, emotionally. And that didn't work. It actually made it worse, which is unfortunate because you want to be able to have a partner that you can go to and say, XYZ, I might be feeling like this. You know, how can we fix it together? Or why is that a thing that I'm feeling? But if you can't, if you can't have those types of conversations, even if they're hard sometimes, that's not good. Yeah. You know, it sounds like even though, even though it didn't turn out the way you wanted in that moment, like he didn't get it. It sounds like having that hard conversation was the right thing to do though, because ultimately it, you know, opened your eyes to the situation. And I think things probably panned out the way that they needed to. Yeah. It it helped me realize that I had a couple things that were really big deals to me to have in a relationship. There were actually two really big things that I didn't have in my last relationship that I clearly was like searching for. It, whether it be a friendship or you know whatever, and it was making making memories by traveling. Like I'm a huge traveler and experiential person, and I like positive, fun memories with somebody that I love, even if it's just a friend. But like that's a huge thing, and collaborating. Like I, I'm such a collaborator. I don't have to like work with my significant other all the time or anything like that. But I like to sometimes. And the combination of the two is like a huge thing for me. Like, how can we travel and make it work and also make it fun and like turn into an experience? So I didn't get that with my ex. And um, and there was a piece of me that was really like searching for that like connection, you know? Mm, for sure. I, yeah. <laughs> Whether you recently called off your wedding and are writing solo, or maybe you want to spice things up with a partner, it's time to make your pleasure your priority with Dipsy. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. Women, we need our brains involved to actually get in the mood. About 90% of women use mental framing to actually get turned on. Yet most of the innovation and investment in female pleasure has been focused on the body rather than the brain. So when you listen to Dipsy, you're listening to audio stories featuring characters that feel like real people and immersive scenarios. So you feel like you're right there. Listen to stories about hooking up with your hometown crush or that coworker you always had a little thing for. Or maybe a story that puts you in bed with someone who's telling you exactly what they'd like to do to you. They release new content every week, so there's always more to explore, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. If I've been running around all day, my new favorite thing to do is throw on a little 10-minute dipsy story before I get home. It really changes my whole demeanor and helps me get in the mood, you know? Dipsy also has wellness sessions, sensual bedtime stories, and soundscapes to help you relax and wind down. So for listeners of this show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash big kid. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P. S-E-A stories.com slash big kid. Give it a try. You know you're a little curious. That's dipsystories.com slash big kid. (laughs) 
Did you feel any of the like outside like societal pressure? Like I feel like this would be one of the hardest things for me is just like, you know, you know what your family expects from you. You might have like some of these like preconceived notions in your head of like, oh, oh I'm yeah. 30. I need to be Hell doing yeah. this and this. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. I talk about that in my special because I was 34 when I shot that. Or I, yeah, I was 34. Yeah. Oh my God. I, of course, like I was, you know, I had gotten engaged the year before and you start thinking, okay, I'm engaged. I'm 33 at the time. I, that's like the perfect time to have kids and still bounce back. It's a perfect time to blah, blah, blah. But then I also had all these, these visions of what my career and what my future was that I created for myself and knew that I wasn't ready to have kids or anything like that yet because I needed to fulfill some of my own dreams. So there was like that mix of pressure. It was like the pressure coming from outside, like, oh, this is the time you should be thinking about babies. You should be doing this. Your body will still bounce back. Like all these things people tell you. And then there was me telling myself like, no, you do that shit when you want to do that shit. (laughs) Don't do it beforehand because you don't want to (laughs) like... This sounds terrible. You don't want to like hate your baby because you had it too soon. <laughs> like you hear horror stories about <laughs> stuff like that where people just like have this resentment towards, you know, and everybody of course would never say that. So like you have to love your kid more than anything. But like, come on, for sure. People feel like that. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely around- don't want to hate your baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been around moms that have been like drunk and honest. People open up to me about shit all the time because I'm just kind of that person. They'll just dump things onto. But yeah, I've, you know, plenty of people have told me like, oh yeah, when I first had my baby, I was like really bummed for a while because <laughs> I couldn't like do the things I was doing before. And it's not that they like have resentment towards their kid. I don't want to frame it like that, but like, it's kind of funny like how honest people will be when nobody else is listening about that stuff. And, you know, I didn't want it. I don't want that for myself. I was just like, I want to do it when I'm like, everything I do, I want to do it when I'm like, hell yeah, this is the choice, you know, idea. Yeah. <laughs> Have you always been good at like listening to your gut? Because I feel like what a skill. Yes. yes. My gut is awesome. <laughs> 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 like, cause I, some people listening might not have that same like, you know, connection where they're like, oh, I know what I'm supposed to do. Like I, I've yeah. gotten better at it over the years, but I feel like in my twenties, I would get pings of things and be like, nope, don't listen to that. That's going to blow up my whole life. Yeah. You know, like I have a really good gut instinct. I also, I, the reason I learned to tune into it better was because when I was younger, I would do the opposite. I would do the opposite of what my gut would tell me. And then I'd find out later, you knew you had like a check in your spirit. Like you knew, you knew better. So over time, it's gotten really good. It's especially good with friendships and career. Like I can smell if somebody's a bullshitter. Pretty Uh. fast. So, yeah. Do you have any? Do you have any tips for anybody trying to follow their gut a little bit better? Because this is actually really interesting. <laughs> yeah, man, that's a hard thing to instruct somebody on. You either you either have it or you don't. I don't know how you can craft something like that. It's more of just a honing of how you actually tune in to yourself. You know, I 
<laughs> I feel like you learn over time how people's intentions with you start to match what you had expectations for. So over time, I started to build this kind of scenario of like, okay, so-and-so treated me like this and clearly their intentions were this and over time, I discovered this. And so when you build enough narratives like that, you start to notice patterns in people. I guess it's the best Mm. way to put it. You know, even if the pattern is like really new, but I start to notice early on if somebody's kind of bullshitting me. Some people are bullshitters. Some people are really good at bullshitting. (laughs) But but you figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. I wish I was a better bullshitter. I feel like I do not have a bullshitting bone in my body. Like if I don't like something, it is all over my face. I <laughs> like when so, I want to leave a yeah. party, it is all over my oh face. Oh my God. Yes. I, and I've been guilty of this in a city like LA so much where like, I've been so unimpressed by people. I'm somewhere where I'm supposed to be like so ecstatic that I even got invited. And I think it's the worst place I've ever been. And I like will say that to people. Like, this is... T- <laughs> like, I can't. And the worst thing that can happen to somebody who is like you and I in that regard is having somebody tell you that you're a bullshitter. Have you, has that ever happened to you? Yes. Where and somebody, nothing makes me more angry no, in my whole I life. No, I know. That is yeah. the worst thing somebody can do when you're not a bullshitter is tell you you're a bullshitter. And you're like, are you fucking serious? Yeah. I've had a friend, like an ex-friend actually, like call me out for something, like saying my intentions were different than what they were. And I was like, I am extremely clear on exactly everything that I do. Like, you're trying to twist this around some way. Like, no. (laughs) Yeah. No, I know. And and I've been guilty of accusing people of that in the past too. Um, You know, you don't ever want to be the accuser. You definitely don't want to be the accused. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's but, uh, it does suck. Yeah. Ugh. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we, I want to go back to your special for a second because yeah. this is it's just such a wild idea that you know you have everybody who when okay when did you when did you switch it to a comedy special like when how did you let your guests know like how far in advance did you give them? So people had had save the dates on the calendar like a couple different times. So it was like I had just gotten back from performing in Europe. It was like. May 4th of 2019 that I had gotten back from this like three-week Europe tour. And by May 5th, I was like, dude, I'm probably not going to get married. So I called the venue and renegotiated with them and was like, hey, I'm not going to get married now. I'll still stick to the contract. Can we like bump the price down because it's not a wedding? Hey, also, can I shoot a comedy special there and like give you guys some like exposure? And showcase your venue. And so it just kept knocking the price down a little bit. So I got it down to like a really reasonable rate. Called my good friend who's a director in LA. He was all about the idea. And he was like, I'll fly in. We'll split costs. We'll go halvesies. We'll make this a cool special. And I was like, all right, let's do it. So then I go to St. Croix every year and perform. I'm like the only comic that goes there. And so... I quick scheduled two weeks from then a trip to St. Croix where I put up a rendition of my special and ran it. So I ran it like in full version on an island and kind of told people what I was about to do. 
while I was in St. Croix, I released tickets for my special taping, which was June 15th of that year. So within three and a half weeks, I released the tickets, sent invites to everybody. People bought tickets or VIP tickets. And literally, I I sold it out. I sold it out. And to the dollar, like a difference of like some change, I made on tickets exactly what it cost me to film. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Isn't that That like serendipitous? Yeah. That is. Talk about meant to be. I know. Um, I know. Did your, did your, at that point, ex-fiance attend the special? Because you said you guys were still together. We were. And that was a big thing because I was trying to turn... Obviously, I was stuck in the contract. I was stuck in the contract with my mother. We had signed it back in 2017. I was getting no help on that side. You know, his family, that was the whole thing. His family had money and mine never has. And so, and they weren't offering to like, hey, you guys aren't ready. We'll just cover like, you know, there was just no help. And um, so that was a That's really... frustrating. Uh, yeah. And, and that was a really big pain point that he didn't come that day. I understand. I understand how there's like an embarrassment factor and he's not me. Mm-hmm. He's not a comedian. You know, he's not... But when you're trying to make... From my perspective, it was like, I'm trying to create a silver lining here. I'm not bashing you. I'm not bashing any of the negatives in our relationship. Like I was really hell-bent on not making him look bad to the point where I had my director film a segment at the end where he FaceTimed in and asked me how it went. So the end of my special is buttoned with him FaceTiming in. Okay. That's Um, nice. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, is it? Like now I'm like, I kind of regret, (laughs) you know, me and my uh, current boyfriend have talked about that. But I mean, I definitely part of me regrets doing that button because like, I'm sure it's going to be confusing for people who watch it now who are Mm. like, I'm sure the common responses to the special are going to be, aren't you dating somebody else? What the hell? Yeah, the special was filmed almost two years ago. So like, calm down. And also the other thing is obviously nobody in the special is wearing masks. And I guarantee people are going to say like, where are the masks? Well, also, it was filmed before COVID happened. So. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? People are so like obnoxious about stuff. So I'm just already preparing for what people might say that I can be like, okay, dumb, dumb. This was filmed yeah. in 2019. Yeah. Yeah, get over it. Of course, <laughs> mm-hmm. those comments are always going to come. That's so nuts. I mean, obviously, you made something good come out of an otherwise, I can imagine, very hard situation. Yeah. Um, and, you know, ultimately, I know you guys like tried to work things out and it ultimately didn't happen. For anybody for anybody who might be going through a really hard breakup or maybe who's in a similar boat that needed to call off a wedding, like what were some things that like helped you get over this? Oh my God. Um, well, my, my friends, <laughs> it's, it sounds like the lamest thing to say, but maybe not. I mean, my, if my friends hadn't been a part of my life through that time, there's no way. There is no way you can go through a hard breakup and not have good people around you or figure out if you don't have good people around you. Like you'll figure Mm -hmm. it out pretty quick if you're in need. Yeah. I mean, it was, that was a really hard time. I remember journaling through that time and it like, I kept just journaling for days and days and days. Anyone who's been through a hard breakup would know this feeling. It felt like my insides were being scraped out with a pumpkin carver. That's all I could journal all the time was like, 
my insides feel like they're being ripped out. And it's, it's a really emotional toil, you know? And, but then eventually you're okay. I know it's like a weird thing to say, but like, you know, eventually those references to that really painful time become a chapter you once read. And it's, you're not emotionally involved with the story anymore. So like the special was a really big way for me to like detach from that story and let it go. Like let Mm -hmm. those pieces of jokes go, move on to new material, move on to new phase in life. Like let it, let it waft, you know? So it was like a really nice closure for me to be able to do. (laughs) Yeah. When when you were going through your breakup too, um, is this around the time that you came up with the breakup registry? Because, yes. <laughs> okay. You have to talk about this for a second because this is the most genius thing I've ever heard in my whole life. Yes. Tell, tell us about it. Oh my God. Okay. So on the same day that my special dropped, my breakupregistry.com launched um, because I'm insane and I decided to drop a special <laughs> the same day I launched my startup. But they do, you know... Obviously, a startup isn't the same as a comedy special, but they their stories go together. January of 2020, I remember it so vividly. It was January 10th of 2020 that we broke up. And I had a poker game in LA scheduled with some producers. And we were supposed to go as a couple. And he came with me anyway. And it was a really After tough After you night. guys had broken up? Yep. <laughs> Yeah. He came with me anyway. And I was beating... It was me, the only woman. I was beating all the guys in the poker tournament. And some guy was being a dick to me, a total dick because I was a woman beating them. And my ex-fiance stood up for me. And because he stood up for me, and that was like the first time he had stood up for me in a long time. And we had broken up that day. I got super emotional. And we left the poker tournament. and. I came home and I was just sobbing because it's weird when you want somebody to do something and they don't do it till after it's too late, you know? Mm-hmm. It was like, what? And so I was up, it was like three in the morning. He was sleeping. I was on my laptop. I'm Googling, uh, <laughs> I'm Googling breakups. I'm Googling all this shit that people Google when they're like sad. And <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Um, I, lo- I love a late night Google set. <laughs> I know. I know. That's what I built my, my registry for. Exactly. But I got it. I had got an email in the middle of the night from Honey Fund. And Honey Fund is a honeymoon registry for people getting married. It's a honeymoon and experience and item registry. And I had, I had made my account so long ago that they were like asking me to, if I still wanted to keep it open. <laughs> And so I'm in the middle of Googling this breakup stuff and I'm thinking, oh, this would be funny if I pulled like a Carrie from Sex in the City and sent my registry out to everybody as Natasha's marrying Natasha and fuck you, still give me shit. I actually need more stuff now because I'm breaking up. I'm losing half my stuff. Like, why don't we have a breakup registry? And I went on GoDaddy immediately and bought mybreakupregistry.com and like 15 other domains. And then... I started thinking about it. I started talking about it with different friends that are really entrepreneurial. And they were like, that is really smart. That is really smart. So, you know, during the pandemic, I founded 
the company. I got it up and running. I got it all secured. Um, started working on partnerships. Um, and then I just sprung like... I spent the rest of my savings. <laughs> I've been living with my parents in Wisconsin so I could afford to launch this startup. But um, my breakupregistry.com is live and I've spent like tens of thousands on the build because it's really intricate. It's like building a skyscraper, you know? If you want it to stand, you got to do it well. So yeah, so that's where I'm at. I launched a special or dropped a special and launched a startup on the same day. And uh, hopefully... Hell yeah. (laughs) I figured that... Hell yeah, girl. (laughs) I figured that anybody that my special doesn't bring some levity to, then they can at least go to mybreakerregistry.com and be like, all right, now I can make my own registry. And it's fun. Like I want it to be fun for people. It's really like comedic. There's like fun copy. It's not it's not like gender based. It's not just for women. It's like men and women, you know, LGBTQ, like whoever. It's like, hey, if you're going through a breakup, make a registry, make it fun, share it with your friends. You need a toaster, you need a blender, <laughs> you need a couch, you need some stuff for yourself. Or do you just want to like have your friends fund like, you know, a thousand dollars towards your moving expenses? You can do either on the registry. That's so genius. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna ask you what items people would put on the registry, but that makes a lot of sense. And yeah. one of the things one of the things I read um that you put up there about your registry was that like 25% of couples stay together because of financial reasons. Like yeah. they're stuck. I did so much research over the last year, so much research. And of course, you know, on the internet, you don't you don't ever know what's like factual. I mean, you can only take things at face value, but I tried to go through the most reasonable resources that I could find and take an average of what what people would say. But even like the divorce race rates spiked 10% um, during COVID. Like people are like sick of their <laughs> significant <laughs> others. And like it's, you know, and so I really feel for that. Like, and I think about that too. Had we tried to stay together, had we tried to work it out, would COVID have been the kicker? I mean, yeah stuck at home with each other? Are you kidding? Like you either face your shit or you are gone. And so, um, and I think a lot of people stay together because they don't want to deal with the aftermath of splitting. Like it's annoying. Like I had, we had so many things tied together, even though we were never married, you know, bank stuff, car stuff, you know, it was like, we were essentially married in a lot of ways, you know? So yeah, you know, and I I think that was a huge thing that I discovered was the obligation people feel to stay with each other because, oh, if I move out, then I have to pay for an entire apartment alone and I'm not Mm -hmm. paying for it with a partner. And, you know, yeah. So... (laughs) Yeah, it is a real thing. It's got... It's so tough. So I love that your breakup registry is making it a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. And I wanted I wanted it to be... It's not bringing light to breakups because I don't want people to feel like, oh, haha, you're breaking... Like, trust me, I know that pain. It is. Mm-hmm. It is hard. Even if it hasn't been a long relationship, it can be really hard. It's, you know, it, everything has its layers. Everybody has their different types of connections. And so that's why I wanted to create something that was like, hey, make it fun and shareable. Remind yourself that you have a community of friends and family that will like pitch in 50 bucks or 100 bucks to make your life less shitty. Give you, you know, they'll, they'll 
sponsor a they'll sponsor a blender, they'll sponsor you some new pillows, <laughs> they'll sponsor you a comforter, like you know, things that you would be afraid to ask your people. When mm-hmm. I was going through my split, I didn't go to my friends and say, you know what, do you have any extra kitchen stuff? Like I really <laughs> I'm losing all my kitchen stuff. Do you have anything? I didn't say that. And uh, you know, I think people are afraid to ask for help in like the worst possible time of your life. You're afraid to ask for help. So I wanted to like normalize that, you know? I think that's so awesome. Well, I love it. I am so excited to watch your special. Pimp yourself out. Let us know where we can find all your things and learn more from you. Yes. Okay. So um, on all socials, I'm at NPH Comedy. Um, You can just Google Natasha Pearl Hansen and it'll pop up. Um, NPHcomedy.com is my website, which tells the story of my breakup registry and links over to my breakup registry. I also have the pre-order link for my special. Well, actually, when this comes out, it'll be just the order link um, to my special on that site. My special is out on Apple, Amazon. It'll also be like available for people overseas and in Canada on Tubi, Showtime, a couple other places. I don't know. Just follow me on Instagram and that's where you can find all the information. And then Obviously, my startup uh, website is called (laughs) mybreakupregistry.com. Awesome. I'm also going to link everything in show notes. So uh, if you guys listening need some laughs tonight, definitely (laughs) check out the special. Yeah. (laughs) Natasha, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. That was fun. (laughs) All right, guys. That is a wrap on our episode this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Giant shout out to Natasha Pearl Hansen for being such a badass and sharing her story with us this week. I just got back from my bachelorette, so I can't wait to just chill on the couch this week and watch her special. This is so up my alley. I've linked it in show notes if you want to watch along too. If you want to take it a step further, also come hang out in the Big Kid Problems Facebook group. I'd love to hear if any of you have had a calling off the wedding situation. So come talk to me in there. As always, if you like this show, please hit those five little stars and leave a quick review if you can. It really helps the show grow and maintain sponsors, which keeps me on the air. So if you've already done so, thank you. And if you haven't yet, this episode is pretty much over. So do it now before you forget. All right. That's all from me this week. I need to go recover from last weekend. So enjoy your week, guys. And I will see you next Tuesday. 